0: Welcome, folks, to the Once Blue, Always Blue Geneva FFA Podcast. My name is Michael Van, your host today. Here we're going to explore into the world of agriculture. Today is going to be a good day. Yes, it is, my friends, because our guest today with us is a very successful poultry producer in Geneva County, Alabama. This is Mr. Jeff Gray. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us today, my friend. It is an honor and a pleasure having you with us today. Jeff, how did your family get started in the poultry business?
1: Michael, first of all, I'd like to thank you for for having me on today, Uh, along with this young man here that's overseeing this. Uh, Nice to meet the youth uh, at Geneva High School. Uh, Back to your question, as far as how we got started out, it was back in 1986. Uh, My dad and mom, uh, they owned some land. about five miles uh, west of Geneva, and they uh, constructed four uh, broiler houses uh, with Southland Foods out enterprise. And then slowly over the years, or I guess kind of quickly to start with, they expanded, uh, went up to six houses, then went up to 10 houses, uh, then went up to 14 houses, And then uh, in the mid-90s, they bought a farm uh, close to Sampson that consisted of 24 houses. So uh, basically from 1986 through probably uh, 1995-ish, they accumulated up to 38 total total broiler houses. And basically, uh, I may be long-winded, but I'll kind of explain a broiler operation is where the company – the poultry company will bring you a, a hatch chick, a little right. chick, a little fuzz, fuzz chick there, about the an ounce or two. And uh, you keep that chick, uh, you know, anywhere from 35 to 42 days. Uh, and, uh, you know, with technology, uh, you know, to start with back in the 80s, uh, you know, it was taking, uh, you know, around 50 days, uh, you know, to get the chicken up to an approximate size of uh, – uh you know four to four and a half pounds so but with technology and advancements in, in feed and mixing and feed uh you know that is uh lowered down to about 35 days now you can take it from a, an ounce or two and, and you'll have a four four and a half pound birds in, in 35 to 40 days uh but now basically uh that was then but now technology is is uh as uh, Jack could tell us about it, all has changed uh, right you know we uh I, I say we you and I we graduated together from high school and uh, we came up in the eighties and uh, not trying to date myself or anything like that. this young man I think I'm a dinosaur over here but uh but anyway, uh graduated in 1990 and you know cell phones were just kind of getting out uh you had the back phone cell phone, all this, but now technology's advanced so much on these uh these houses, and we've uh, my brother Scott, uh, he graduated here in 1988. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, him and I, my mom and dad, then gone on to the next life. And uh, uh, you know, we got two farms, I've got one farm, and we've had to retool. and We've built these what they call mega houses, and they're 60 right. foot wide by 600 feet in length, uh, 36,000 square feet in one house. And basically, you can take your smartphone here. Uh, and we're sitting right here today in Geneva at the Ag Department, and I could turn on the phone and turn fans on or off uh, at the poultry farm, you know, which is uh, five six miles from here. You know, you can just change things and all that right from your phone. So technology has increased uh, tremendously on these houses uh, as far as to what you can do with them and the equipment, and yes, that, sir. that's what uh, kind of helps speed up on the, on the grow, grow out time and on the feed conversion you got different feed pans they developed them they designed them uh, where uh, you know your feed conversion is a lot lower uh, and your bird weight's a lot better uh, it's just overall the house conditions have improved uh, you know for the chicken uh, which allows the chicken to grow faster and quicker and uh, but uh, I think I answered your question on that you I'll we'll move on to the you next got- one.
0: Well, technology sure has brought the chicken, the poultry business along, hasn't it?
1: Yes, yes, definitely has. I mean, it's kind of where, uh, you know, where the technology used to, uh, like I said, back in the 80s and 90s, uh, you'd have to have a lot more. It was labor intensive. Right. Uh, you'd have to have a lot uh, a lot more employees out working on the farm, uh, constantly monitoring the farm because uh, you didn't have the smartphone. You couldn't pull up yes. and look at house temperatures. uh you know, even now, these houses, you can put uh, uh, video systems in them uh, where you could actually look uh, and and see what the chickens look like inside the house from a remote area. Uh, you know, I don't go on many vacations. Uh, my wife probably says I need to go on more, but uh, I was down at Panama City Beach. You know, I could take my phone and, and kind of look in the house and see what the chickens looked like and see what temperatures looked like. Uh, as far as on the brain, uh, that's what the controller that uh, – that uh that runs all the fans and heaters and ventilation and all that you know you could just sit there at the beach and watch the waves and you could turn on and off fans uh, so uh with the technology you reduce your amount of, of labor but you still do have labor on, on the farm you've got to have uh, you know people this smartphone can only do so much you know you got to have somebody right. actually physically go in the house every morning uh, and basically go uh, about every hour or two, you need to go in and check, uh, you know, okay. walk, walk inside the house and look at the birds, look at the conditions and mm-hmm. make sure it's okay. But it has reduced, technology reduced the labor tremendously on a, on okay. a poultry farm to where, uh, you know, it's not like it used to be.
0: Okay, that's good. Well, how, from a labor standpoint, how many employees do you have? Working now currently
1: uh out at the farm uh we have uh i have two full-time employees and I also have a part-time employee uh and basically uh uh you know uh, the farm that that i own consists of a, a brood cow operation uh which uh we have that and then also we have the uh the seven mega houses and uh, broiler houses and then we have uh uh, some row crops uh, that we do peanuts and, and corn and, uh, and we do plant some cotton also uh, and uh, then we have a uh, hay you know we do uh, custom rolling hay and all that so right. uh, that, that's kind of why i need two employees plus yes, a sir. part-time guy where if, if we didn't do the cows and the hay and row crops uh you know with the with uh, the with, uh, technology on the poultry farm uh you probably could just one employees all you would need yes sir. So yeah. it's definitely a, a lot less than what it used to be. Right. But still work, though. You still work. You get
0: hot, you get dirty, you get tired, and it's, yeah, a, it's a grind. I can imagine. Jeff, people are often contacting me, needing help in all areas of industry. Is it difficult to find labor to help you on your farm? Well,
1: <clears throat> Michael, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, yes, it's tremendously hard to find anyone uh, and, and I have children, uh, and uh, basically it's kind of hard to find anybody that's, that, that can, can separate themselves from the smartphone, put it yes. down, and actually put their hands on a pair of hoe diggers and dig a hole, post, put up fence, or do something, or find somebody that's willing to go outside and get hot. Uh, you know, used to, I'll go back to the 80s and 90s, the dinosaur ages. is what this young man will probably think over here that's recording this, but... Used to, uh, you had young people out cutting yards, picking up limbs, raking yards and doing all that, getting hot, and, uh, and now you just don't see that a lot. Uh, the, the youth, uh, you know, what I say, not all now, I'm not characterizing everybody like this, uh, but uh, I'm just saying uh, the youth likes to be inside and play video games and stay on the smartphone. So, uh So yes, it's hard to find somebody young, uh, under 18, that's willing to come out and and work on a, a cattle farm or a poultry farm or a row crop farm, uh, and actually uh, show up for work, work yes. all day, willing to get hot, willing to get dirty, and uh, and and to come back the next day. <laughs> so I yes, have sir. trouble finding help. Jeff, would you would you recommend anybody these days to go into the poultry industry? Uh, Michael, uh, yes I would. Uh, it's been good to our family, uh, you know, like I said, we've been in it since 1986. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of different now as far as the, uh, the financial uh, uh, demands, so I'll put it that way. Like if a young man wanted, or, or a young lady, or, uh, or anybody wanted to uh, start in the farming industry uh, as far as to uh, uh, poultry operation, these mega houses, uh, you know, they cost so much money to build one house. Where now, uh, recently I talked with a lender uh, and they're talking it's seven uh, to eight hundred thousand dollars for one one mega poultry house. So, okay. if, you, if you do a uh, uh, farm a size of four, four mega houses, you know, uh, if you go four to eight, that's 32. You know, that's, that's $3.2 million just for the, uh, for the buildings and the equipment. And then you've got to have the land. Then you've got to have a, a tractor. You know, you've got to have deep water wells or either if you're on county water or, or possibly city water. Uh, the time you put all that and improvements your roads and structures in, you're probably at at least $4 million, uh, you know, for uh, a four-house mega farm. And it's kind of tough for a young man or young lady right out of high school, right out of college, to go and get a lender to finance uh, that, that amount of money. So yes. uh, the financial demands is kind of makes it tough for a young person to get into the industry, but I would recommend uh, if somebody's wanting to work, uh, you know, to get in the industry, it's a good industry. Uh, it's like everything else, there's no perfect job. Uh, you will not find a perfect job. It all has ups ah. and downs.
0: I completely agree with you there, man. It all
1: it all has pluses and minuses. Uh but uh I enjoy it. Uh I think uh, a young person or anybody would enjoy uh the poultry industry as to uh you're able to uh kind of work for yourself, uh you're on the farm, uh but now you have to work, you know. Right. But yes, I, I would recommend it and uh and encourage anybody to try to uh get in it if they're interested in it. There's a lot of several companies uh you know, southeast Alabama, you got several uh, poultry companies, uh, which, uh, you know, a lot of different areas of the country, you don't have many. So it's kind of hard if, if a yeah. young person or anybody wanted to get into the industry, you can't get into it. But here, uh, you know, we've got them in Enterprise, Dothan, Troy, uh, you know, you've got uh, locally, you got several to choose from and you right. could uh, possibly build them. But you just have to either have... Mom and Dad, or somebody to help you financially get you started. You know, get you either some land or, or have some financial backing. Okay. Uh, so I would say yes. Okay. De- definitely. If you're interested, uh, uh, reach out and talk to me about it. Be glad to help any young person or yes, help sir. anybody or or talk with a lender. And most of them around here locally know all about the industry and they can yes, uh, put them in the right direction.
0: Jeff, poultry is the number one uh, agricultural commodity in Alabama. Some folks don't realize that. Do you see poultry growing even bigger in Alabama in the future? Uh,
1: Michael, I would say yes. Uh, you know, uh, the company we grow for is Wayne Farms and they've just expanded, I say just, the way time flies. Uh, a couple years ago or back, maybe longer than that, that uh, maybe three or four years ago, uh, they built like a 80 plus million dollar feed mill over here in, in, uh, in uh, around the Ozark area. Uh, so, uh, Wayne, Wayne is expanding, uh, and I think Pilgrim's Pride is expanding also, uh, and, uh, you know, what you look at is if you go to a, a fast food restaurant, uh, I won't call any names, everybody's got their own preferences, but you, you see chicken sandwiches, you see chicken nuggets, you see chicken fingers, uh, that's all on, on, the, on the menus most places. And it's an economical uh, way to, uh, to to eat, you know, at, right. at today's inflated prices. Uh, you know, chicken is affordable. Yes, so, uh, And I don't know as far as population growth and all that, but the population is expanding and growing every year, uh, you know, in, yeah, in Alabama means- worldwide and the United States. So, uh, you know, they're going to need something to eat, and chicken is uh, – is a good, a good product to eat. You know, you can uh, cook it, bake it, fry it, barbecue it. You can do so many different ways with it, so many different, different yes, combinations. Sir. So yes, I, okay. I, I see it expanding, That's I good. do
0: Jeff, uh, I believe I read an article uh, a while back in successful farming magazine where the Gray Farm was being recognized as the largest poultry producer in Alabama. I just thought that was an awesome article, my friend. Yes, Michael. Uh, I believe back in the past we were,
1: may uh, still be. I don't know. Of course, like I said, my brother Scott and I, we've got two farms now. Uh, he's got an eight-house eight mega farm, and uh, I've got the seven houses. Uh, and back when uh, Daddy and Mama had the operation, back when we had, as I referred earlier, we had the, the 38 broiler houses. Uh, you know, we were pushing uh, a little over 600,000 birds uh, out every year uh, every 40 days and we'd have six flocks a year approximately. and uh, you know uh, at 600,000 at, at, at four you know uh, four pounds, that's 2.4 million pounds of meat six times a year. It's over 12 million pounds we were producing. And we were, I think, recognized as the largest in the state of Alabama under one, one name yes, sir. Uh, at, at one point. And uh, like I said, we still have a, have a lot of chickens now. Uh, yes, sir. But uh, yes, I, I thought that was pretty interesting also. That
0: was awesome. Jeff, I believe they're growing chickens bigger and faster nowadays. I've had some disagreements with some folks who say they're putting steroids or hor- hormones in feed to make them grow faster and bigger. Now they almost cranked my tractor, but I just strongly disagreed with them. I explained to them that the USDA banned steroids and hormones being put in chickens by water, feeder, and injection back in the 1950s. How would you explain how we can grow birds bigger and faster nowadays?
1: Uh, Michael, I'll go back kind of a little bit, <clears throat> what I touched on a little bit earlier, uh, you know, as far as the technology, the equipment in the houses, uh, the capability uh, as to ventilation, uh, the air exchanges in, in the house, because uh, uh, like in uh, one of those mega houses, you'll have uh, approximately 49,000 chickens, and uh, they're in there eating and drinking and uh, feeding water and uh they're putting off water vapor in the air, so you've got to have right. proper ventilation fans to, to exchange the airflow, and you have got to have vent boxes uh, that allows uh, air to come in uh, at the top of the roofs of the house. Uh, most of the, all these new houses have drop ceiling houses, and you've got uh, the vent box where it'll reflect the air and it'll 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 mix the air and exchange the air. And with the fans and with the the controller and the technology and with the stir fans you have and, uh, uh, you know, the heaters you have in the house uh, is so much advanced compared to 1986 that that's what allows the bird to do better. It's a better environment, and it allows the bird to grow off faster. Now, uh, personally, with our farm, I'll tell you this, you know before every flock uh, before they come in and, and remove the birds and take and process them about a week prior they'll come out and uh, and they'll pull a sample uh, it, it's a tissue sample off of the chicken oh. and they go send it to the lab and they go test it uh, so USDA is is, is kind of got stringent on, uh, on on checking and monitoring and, that's good. and uh, you know as far as the, anything that's in, in the in the tissue of that chicken before it's processed. Now this is approximately like a week before. So if anything came back, then uh, they wouldn't process those birds and put them on the market. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of regulations, uh, you know, uh, as far as that, and and it's kind of, uh, you know, the government's watching it, which they need to be, you know, that's that's a good thing, protects all the people that eat chicken.
0: Yes, sir. I also hear, Jeff, comments on antibiotics being used in poultry. I know at times we need to use antibiotics on the farm to treat animals, you know, to get sick. Uh, if antibiotics are used on the farm in animals, you have to you know, wait so many days you know, until it's out of the animals. I know it's, I believe, 14 days on cows and 7 on swine. I know that inappropriate use of antibiotics in animals raised for food was a major contributor to antibiotic resistance. I read where antibiotics used to be given in hatchery to chicks where they were still in the egg and on, on its first day of life. Are antibiotics still being used in the poultry industry today?
1: Michael, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to answer that yes and no, but mainly no. Uh, most companies are going to what to call an antibiotic-free chicken, uh, <clears throat> and you'll see it advertised, and you know, if you go to the grocery store you'll see it on the label uh, where it'll say antibiotic-free, and basically uh, our company, Wayne Farms, uh, you know, they raise antibiotic-free chickens. Uh, okay. And now uh, it was a little bit of adjustment period. I don't know what year we went to it. Uh, you know, it might have been 6, 8, 10 years ago, but uh, they went to it, and uh, and uh, basically they got it adjusted out to where, uh, you know, you don't give them any antibiotics at all. Now, if something did come up to where uh, you had a condition where uh, antibiotics had to be used, you uh, you know, say like uh we're all humans, we get a cold or something like that, or get a get the flu or get something, we have to go to a doctor and they'll give us some medicine and we have to take it. Yes, sir. It's kinda of same thing with a chicken. If a right. chicken got sick or something, mm-hmm. uh, and they recognize that, then they could so yes, they could give them antibiotics, but as you stated, there's a withdrawal period and all that, uh, prior to uh processing those chickens, they would uh have to meet all those USDA requirements. But uh, overall Wayne Farms, the broiler operation that uh, you know that we have uh with them uh is antibiotic free. Okay. There's no antibiotics. Yes,
0: sir. That's great. Uh, Jeff, wasn't you an FFA officer at Geneva High School?
1: Yes, yes, back in uh <laughs> back in those dinosaur days. Yes, sir. <laughs> <And> <laughs> back in nineteen ninety, uh uh we uh, we had uh and I won't uh, get get it too much, but we had Mr. Joe Parrish was our uh, FFA advisor and uh fine man I could talk an hour about him how he affected all all the young people that uh came Absolutely. in before him uh and had him uh you know for a teacher but uh I was the president that year and uh I really enjoyed FFA I was in it uh you know ninth grade through my senior year uh and I really had a good time with it and uh kind of taught me a lot a lot
0: of things uh, uh you know life things yes sir uh I believe uh, your banner is hanging on the wall where you won in public speaking. You're also a lawyer here in Geneva. Maybe that helped you uh, with your great speaking <laughs> ability in court. <laughs> I believe you also have a state proficiency banner in poultry production, which I think is very cool. Yeah, Michael, I tell you, it's uh,
1: like I said, it's interesting. Uh, you know, you evolve in life, you, you, you're in high school, you got ideas of what you want to do uh, when you technically grow up you know what you want to do yes, and uh but now i'll tell you i i would uh i would recommend the ffa uh to any young person uh at, at geneva school system here any school wherever FFA's at uh i would say you need to enroll in it uh you know it teaches you a lot of things uh <clears throat> as far as about uh you know and i'm sure uh Jack could comment on that, but we're not interviewing him today, but uh, as far as life skills, uh, you know, it uh, teaches you character, uh, teaches you, uh, uh, you know, proper manners, it just teaches you how to be a better person, uh, and main thing, uh, what it did for me, uh, it instills confidence, uh, teaches you about confidence, uh, in other words, you'll get a task, uh you know, like Mr. Parrish back uh, one day, he gave me a, a thing to go build a, build a step stool. So I take this uh, diagram and I go back here and build a step stool and, uh, you know, when you get done with it, you just feel you feel good. It makes you feel good. Hey, I've got, he, he signed me a task. I completed that task and, and uh, you know, it builds your confidence up and young people need a lot of confidence because the world's tough now. And uh, and FFA just teaches you confidence, it teaches you so many things. Uh, but back to that step stool, I still got that step stool still at my mama's house over there. That's right now awesome. Today. Uh, still works, still still together. That's and awesome. of course it's been kept indoors oh, and all that. But uh, but yes, uh, the public speaking, there's so many things. I mean, I, I'm getting all of them, so many. Uh, uh, things that young people in the fFA here at Geneva could uh get into uh and uh, the public speaking yes definitely helped me uh you know and and uh and uh for everybody's listening to this uh the instructor here uh michael van that's what I call him michael uh he's a great public speaker and uh and uh he could very well win that thing back in that day or what have you but i happened to enter that and uh yes it taught me uh you know get up in front of people and uh and I remember it just like yesterday, Jack. I got a good memory now. I may be
0: a little older. I now, remember but, it too, my but,
1: man. Uh, I talked about soil erosion, you yep. know, uh, wind, water, soil erosion, what it do, yep. and all that. And you get up in front of people, and uh, and like I said, it just it just helps you on
0: your skills on everything. So, uh, yes. Uh, and uh, Jeff, I just got one last question for you, uh, my friend. Um, who uh who won the national championship? In- college football last year <laughs> I, I knew
1: on? I knew that was coming uh everybody listen here uh, back in uh I'm on date I'm on date uh I want to think uh, uh he could correct me but it might have been first second or third grade first uh, grade first grade this guy comes in uh comes in and uh and his name's Michael Van that's when I met him in first grade and we become friends and uh all throughout high school and uh but all the time, especially back in, in, in uh you know, nineteen eighty. I believe it was eighty or might have been eighty two when Georgia won it with Herschel Walker. All that's all he wore That's all he wore was Georgia Bulldog shirts, <laughs> Georgia Bulldog hats. Uh, so I knew that one was coming. But, after forty
0: one years, my friend, we yeah, we, we finally pulled yeah, it out. Yeah,
1: well well they took they took Alabama's coach, you know, and, and got him over and coach smart he and uh, real hear good you. and all that. But I, I think Coach Saban uh He's probably got a plan this year. gonna <laughs> uh, right. knock them off and, uh, and get back there and take you. that. But uh, yes, Georgia, Georgia won the national <laughs> championship. Right. Can't take nothing from them now.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, I know how busy you are. I really appreciate your time with us today, my brother. Can't thank you so much. I appreciate you, Jack Simmons. My, he's my producer. Appreciate him a lot, folks. This is the uh, once blue always blue Geneva FFA podcast I am Michael van don't forget to listen to our next awesome podcast where we explore the into the world of agriculture thanks to all our FFA friends out there and remember this yes, my friends today is going to be a good day